Hello and welcome to Tomlin's Harmonica Podcast, where I'll be hanging out with players and teachers and having conversations loosely based around harmonica. This week's guest takes a mixture of sweet country and gospel melodies and fuses them together with heavy blues chops to make him one of the most exciting modern harmonica players on the planet. He has a complete mastery of the overblows and overdraws and knows how to play them with extreme taste. He is Todd Parrott. Welcome to the show, Todd. How are you doing today? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me, Tom. Good uh, to see you. That's absolutely my pleasure. So uh, for people who don't know where you are currently, will you tell us a little bit about, uh, about your current location? Sure. I'm located right outside Charlotte, North Carolina, USA. And I'm originally from from North Carolina. So this is my my home state. Nice, nice. And how, how's everything? I, we're not going to talk about COVID a ton, but I am always intrigued to, to hear how it's looking in, in different uh, different parts of the world. How is it where you are? Well, everything is still closed down. Mm-hmm. But fortunately for us, we are uh, in my household, we haven't been impacted uh, too much because we both, my wife and I, both work from home. So uh, we we haven't really missed a beat, fortunately. So for that, we're very grateful. And, of course, with um, folks being stuck inside, Skype lessons and that sort of thing, has those have kind of uh, picked up a little bit. So. It's actually been a good thing in that regard, but it's very unfortunate for those who are sick and for the lives that have been lost. Um, yeah, it's, what, what a crazy time. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird because uh, everyone I've spoken to has has kind of had the, the the similar situation of um, there's there's been a kind of uptick in in lessons because people are at home and they have more time to to work on things, which is right. is really cool. But it, it would be nice if it happened, you know, in slightly different circumstances. Sure. sure. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's good to hear that people are, are keeping busy. So that, that's that's a positive. Um, are you where you are? Is it kind of uh, urban or, or more rural? Well, um, we're right outside Charlotte. So we're we're kind of out sort of in the country, I guess you could say. But uh but this this whole area, uh, Charlotte. Once you leave Charlotte and go into some of the surrounding areas, it's it's just kind of like one big giant uh, place. So uh, I guess the closest big city would be Charlotte. That's maybe a half hour, okay. half, half hour from me. But, uh, but you you, you got a, a bit of distance from from the kind of the crazy city thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean. <sighs> We, we typically don't go into Charlotte uh, for much of anything. We kind of stay around around uh, this local area. This, our normal restaurants and, and supermarkets and stuff like that. Charlotte is just too um, – I just don't like traffic. So that's, that's why <laughs> I stay away. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I, I've I've spoken to a lot of people about um, what it's like suddenly being thrown together with their uh, significant other and and being stuck at home. And 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 you're you're in the same situation as me, where like my my wife works from home. Uh, she works with me, so I mean, like we we already spend almost all of our time together. So this hasn't been a, a massive culture shock. Uh, it's not one of those things where like, oh, this is really going to test our relationship. Uh, do you, do you feel feel the same? way yeah i mean it, we, we've been quarantined together <laughs> for quite a while but uh, we just miss our um our evenings because we're you know, as you know if you if you're working from home with your wife uh, usually at least for us in the evenings we like to get out and do something just to mm-hmm. you know just kind of get out of the house and now there's all, the only thing you can do is maybe go through a uh, a drive-through or go to a supermarket <laughs> <laughs> But that's it. So we've been doing more walking and uh, we've gone to the park and stuff like that. So that's that's actually been good. That's, that's been fun. Nice. That's good. Um, so when 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 lockdown happened, um, did did you see it as as kind of a, a fun time, like, a, you know, not a fun time in terms of all the bad stuff that's happening, but an opportunity to work on things that you maybe not had time to do in the past? Well, sort of, but I'm I'm kind of in that situation, you know, with uh, was being at home, 
it really didn't change a whole lot. I really got busier, so mm -hmm. I got less time. <laughs> I have less time now, but I'm not complaining. I'm thankful for the work. Uh, yeah. But... <laughs> it's a funny one. So, like, a lot of my students – so my my students on my site – um, they, they, they suddenly kind of, uh, jumped their attendance, uh, like twofold. Uh, so they were coming to all the kind of live sessions and things and people started saying, Oh, it'd be great if you did live sessions every single day. Uh, and it's like, my, my workload hasn't changed at all. I'm not away from work <laughs> during all this. I mean, I'd love to do, do more stuff, but there's just, there's only yeah. so many hours. Well, I know a lot of, a lot of, uh, musicians and a lot of these uh, harp players, a lot of friends of mine were impacted because of um, gigs being canceled and that sort of thing. So uh, you, you've seen quite a few of them uh, doing online lessons and online seminars and stuff. And I've tried to kind of leave that to them because I, uh, you know, people have asked me if I would consider doing that sort of thing. Yes, maybe. But right now, uh, just out of respect for those guys trying to to make a living, um, I've kind of stayed away from that and just stayed in my corner doing Skypes and things. But uh, uh, so, you know, there's a lot of great teachers, uh, Ronnie Shellis to yourself. Um, and so I've just kind of let those guys do that because uh, many of them, as we said, uh, were impacted uh, by not being able to play gigs mm -hmm. and I don't really do a lot of uh, playing out most of what I do if I go to another state to do a workshop or teach then I'll usually try to find a Sunday morning where I can go into a local church service and play a couple of tunes mm -hmm. uh, maybe two or three songs and just go in and do CD sales so uh, but as far as like being on the road and traveling and doing gigs all the time. That uh, is not a part of my normal routine. So for those guys that were impacted by that, I've tried to, to leave the teaching kind of open for them because there, there's some great people in the harp community, as you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's kind of the, the really nice positive thing that, that I've seen come out of all of this is just everyone kind of rallying together and promoting right. each other and it, it's been super positive which is brilliant because um, we, we need that because it's such a small community uh, there, there's no space for, for people not to be uh, helpful and supportive so yeah it's brilliant um, but I mean you you had to uh, postpone the Carolina Harpfest um, yeah yeah, we did. Uh, we we had about 103 people registered for that. Maybe maybe a few more. At least that's what came in through the online registration form. Um, so we're still planning on having the event. We're just waiting to see uh, what happens with this uh, with this virus situation. I don't want to set another date prematurely and have to postpone again. But I'm I'm hoping that, and it's looking like we may have to move it to. September, October, but I don't, I don't know for sure. We we'll, we'll got to keep an eye on the, on the news. But most everyone, there were a few people for fear of traveling and things like that. They um, kind of backed out before everything got shut down. But for the most part, um, you know, I would say we have roughly a hundred people that that are still registered. And we're just waiting for a waiting for a date. I got T-shirts made and everything. So. I hope <laughs> Hope that, that, that we're able to pull this off. It's it's going to be a fun time. We had Ronnie Shellist and uh, Will Wild scheduled to be with us. So that's another thing. We want Will to, to be able to travel here. So we need to kind of watch and set a date when the travel restrictions are lifted. Because, mm -hmm. uh, well, as you know, Will Wild, he's a fantastic player. Yeah. And I was really I was really impressed with him. Uh, at Spa, when he was at Spa a couple of years ago, not just his music, but uh, he seemed to be a very humble guy and very, the way he interacted with the other uh, harmonica players, he was just very approachable, very nice, uh, just a cool dude. And of course, Ronnie Shellis, yeah, everybody loves Ronnie, uh, but two great instructors that we plan to have with us and a host of other uh, players and teachers as well and joe spires was supposed to be 
coming. I think he is still coming if we postpone, but uh, makes great custom harps. And that's pretty much all I use if it's a custom harmonica is Joe Spires. He's just phenomenal. His harps are superb. They really did change. They really did change the way that I play because I'm, before I got Spires harps, I played overblows in passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the harps that I had uh, would, you know, you may be able to squeeze an overblow out, but it would be squealy, or you may get, you know, some other type of noise. And um, I just didn't, I mean, I, I knew they were there, but I didn't think you could lean on them. And then when I got my custom harp, my first custom harp from Joe Spires, man, it just, not only could I get the overblows, but then I could push them, I could bend them, move them around, duplicate licks, and it was just like this whole other world just opened up. And instead of a box of 16 crayons, I now had 64. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, he's just great, man. He builds great marine bands. And uh, Golden, I think he, I know he does uh, Marine Band Special 20. I'm not sure about Golden Melodies, um, but uh, he has built Golden Melodies in the past, but his harps are just insanely good. I mean, just cream of the crop, man. I can't say enough good things about Joe, and I don't I don't get anything in return uh, from Joe. I don't get discounts or breaks or anything like that. I just recommend his work because I, I love him so much and what he does. He's mm-hmm. Just great. His harps are just phenomenal. I would not be talking to you probably now uh, if it weren't for his custom work because that was right around the time that was right around the time that um, I was starting to get into YouTube and everybody was starting to get on on YouTube and uh, so right I made a few videos for YouTube and then right after that around 2008. Or maybe 2009, I got my first Spires harp, and just everything just it just blossomed. And yeah. so, I I just can't say enough good things about it. It's it's funny you should say that because that that was I actually wanted to chat about uh, about your your custom harps and 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 Spires harps because um, I I I've never had a, like a, a really special custom harmonica. Um, and and I'm I'm so um, uncertain as to whether I would get much out of it, um, but but hearing you describe you know hitting overblows as passing notes and then suddenly being able to to hit them and use them as as useful notes, I mean that that's that's a really big deal. Um, do you think that having played Spire's harp since you said 2008? Could you now go back to kind of standard, you know, crossovers, marine bands that are coming out, and has it improved your playing, playing the custom harps? Oh well, it'll definitely improve your playing because you have a harmonica that will cooperate with you. Not just, you know, not just an overblow harp. I mean, that's that's one benefit, especially if you if you get the overblow setup. But uh, if you are just trying to get your bends better. Because there are certain things you can do to a harp to make it overblow, but there are other things that he does in his process that just make the reeds interact with one another and respond better. There's there's lots of things. Everyone thinks that customizing is just about embossing mm-hmm. and making the slot tighter, and that's part of it. But there's so many other things that he that he does. And um, if you're struggling with the high end blow bins, you know those tend to just pop in place a lot better. Your three draw bends get a lot better because you're able to dial in and, okay, there's the half step, there's the whole step, there's the step and the half, you know, the, the harp's not fighting you. Um, and so then once you once you know what an overblow is supposed to feel like or what a, a proper bend is supposed to sound like and feel like, then when you go to a stock harp, uh, of course, it's not going to play as well, but uh, if you try to do some of those same techniques, at least you will be able to accomplish it. It may squeal if you try to squeeze out a six overblow. It may work great. You never know from the factory. You may have a, a crossover that's just luck of the draw at the factory. It, it got a little extra attention or maybe it got gapped a little 
better. And it may just overblow great out of the box, but then maybe not. You get some that, that are squealy. But at least having something that will – it's good to have at least one custom harp so that you know if I'm not getting this overblow or if I'm not getting my bends in tune or if I'm not doing this, is it my technique or is it the harp? Well, once you get the custom harp, and I'm talking about spires, you know, I mean, if you, if you get one of those and it ain't happening, it ain't the harp. <laughs> <laughs> so it helps you kind of you know pinpoint – where your weaknesses are, but uh, now I, I probably would not. Um, if I needed something like a country tuned harmonica, I would probably not um, spend the money on something like that for a custom country tuned harmonica because I'm using my country tuned harmonicas for melodies, for ballads, uh, stuff like Danny Boy, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Um, and for those, I'm not doing a lot of overblowing um, and that sort of thing. I'm just trying to play pretty melodies. Uh, and, I, and that's another thing with overblowing. I don't usually use uh, the overblow notes for songs where I'm trying to play pretty. If there's a pretty melody and it calls for the five overblow, I'd rather use a, a country tuned harp. So like if you did, if you did uh, somewhere over the rainbow, let me see if I have um, just a regular C. Yeah, so I could I could play somewhere over the rainbow, and I could squeeze out to five overblow, but it doesn't sound good to me. So like, no matter how tight, uh, how clean I can get it, it just doesn't have the right quality. Here it is again. No matter how pretty mm -hmm. I try to make it, it's not going to sound like this. Here's a country tuned harmonica. Yeah. When I have the note there that I need, I can just, you know, I can put vibrato on it. I can put inflection on it. I can do the uh, chewing vibrato, I guess as some people call it. can't do that with an overblow so um but yeah just for a regular heart for regular playing blues and country and stuff like that um if i'm doing those styles i would use <clears throat> the six overblow more than anything mm -hmm. six overblow seven overdraw a lot because those are the two notes that you need for the blue scale i'll use the five overblows in passing mm -hmm. and sometimes the four overblow in passing but six and seven i tend to really um, dial into those the six overblow and the seven overdraw. So I got to have a harp that'll cooperate for that. And and in the context that you use those, they they fit. If you're playing blues and you're playing some overblow and you bend it and push it around, it it takes on the, the six overblow particularly takes on the same sound as your um, as your three draw half step bend. So so if I'm playing three draw half step bend and I'm doing some type of a blues thing. So like, uh, here's three draw half, half. Here it is on the four. Well, I can duplicate that. So that's how I think. I don't. I don't play overblows and stuff to try to play like um, Howard Levy or, or Constantine Reinfeld. Those guys, just uh, the stuff they play is just mind-boggling uh, <laughs> jazz and that sort of thing. I'm just trying to recreate licks on the top of the harp that I'm used to playing on the bottom. And so that's what Joe did. It like it just opened up the whole second octave. Um, uh, of the harmonica, this, this, just just the six overblow alone mm -hmm. does a lot. I also tune down uh, the seven draw note on my harmonicas. Now I still play regular harps, but I've got a whole set of harps with the seven draw tuned down. And people say, "Well, 
why do you tune down the seven if you can play six overblow? What what's up with that? Well, sometimes I want that overblow note, the six overblow note, but I just want it in passing. I want to slide into it, or I want to. For example, if I'm playing just to shuffle and I want to slide into that note, if I've got my seven draw tuned down, then I can slide in there like this. Here it is again on the four. All right, so so that's one thing I can I can. And you know, there's a player in the UK. Everybody calls this the Tied Parrot tuning or Parrot tuning. It's really, it's really not. Um, I think maybe I, I popularized it because of YouTube. But uh, and <laughs> our friend Alan from Goldenberg, he gave us these um, harps to give away. They put Parrot tuning on. Nice. <laughs> so this is a Goldenberg harmonica in B flat. So we got. Uh, 50 of these for the first 50 people that registered everybody uh, in that group gets a free uh, golden bird so those are already reserved at this point but uh, but there's a player in the UK Johnny Mars uh, fantastic harmonica player I don't see him talked about as much on the forums and things but what a great player and he was using the seven draw tune down probably before I started playing Harmonic. I started in January of 1990, um, and there are other players. We'd have to ask Pat Misson. Pat Misson could tell us everybody who, you know, has has used that tuning. I think Lee Oscar may have used it, um, and there's some other names. I'd have to look. I think I asked him one time, but but uh, I don't. I didn't invent it. I, I learned about it partially from Steve Baker's Harp Handbook. It it talked about a similar tuning. And then this guy from Louisiana, a friend of mine, fantastic player, but he's just not on social media or uh, YouTube, but his name is Pete Elder. And he's the guy that kind of turned me on to that over the phone. It was probably around 2000 or so. And he said, uh, I've been tuning my seven drawdown. And I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? He said, like this. This was over a landline phone. So he... And he left me a voice message one time, and he did something like. So what that is there is a seven and eight together. And uh, he, he did it. It was actually on a G harmonic. I'll never forget it. And I called him back. I said, Pete, what did you what did you say this tuning was again? And uh, I just took an old blues band and tuned it down. And so it gives me um, that bluesy flavor up in the top of the heart because the seven draw is the major third. That's, mm -hmm. that's, uh, I know we're just doing audio, but, uh, the seven draw is like our Fisher price xylophone. That's the third chime. You know, it's <laughs> there, like, there is actually a xylophone like, on screen right now. I'm, I'm yeah. sad that not everyone can see it. <laughs> <laughs> I use my Fisher price xylophone, my toy xylophone. It, it actually helps for, uh, the major scale and the number system, but, you know, seven draw is like Mary had a little lamb, and and uh, you know, so if I play, it's 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 not a, a note that's in the blue scale. Not that it doesn't have a place. Um, it, it can be used if used properly, but uh, in second position, I just prefer to have that tuned down, and then it lets me um. It, the seven draw being tuned down also lets me do something that I can't do on a regular harp, and that is to blow bend seven blow. And you might say, well, seven blow bends anyway. Yeah, but it only bends about a quarter step. It's not going to bend to a new note because the seven draw is the next note in the mm. chromatic scale. Seven blow is a, a C. Seven draw is a B. So when you tune the seven draw down to a B flat, you've created a space or an interval. And so now you can go to your seven blow. So if you're playing a blues, 
you know, you can't you can't go to one blow and wail on it. You can't go to four blow and wail on it. They don't bend. But you could go to your seven. And when you come off of that, you just draw seven, and then you can just go right on down your blue scale. So it 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 just kind of makes sense for certain things. It's not a cure-all. There's no one tuning or one position or one harp that's going to be perfect for everything, but it's a good thing to have in your box. I would say everybody needs a Spires custom <laughs> harp, this one, and they need at least one harp, even if you've got an old junky one. Tune the seven down. See what you think about it. Sometimes people will tune it down, and they'll say, well, I tried that tuning, but but it sounds too minor to me. It has a minor sound. Well, of course it yeah. does <laughs> because it's a minor third, but you have to put the proper canvas behind your paintbrush. If you, you know, it's going to sound minor if you, if you play a minor chord. But if you're playing major blues, like, say the same thing about three draw half step bend oh it sounds minor it's it's the blue note the blue third the minor third so the seven draw gives you that and uh one thing that i touched on but i didn't demonstrate was bending the uh, seven blow the seven blow and the uh sorry for my phone i thought i turned this down the seven blow and the eight blow together you blow seven and eight blow and now they're both bendable by half step so you can blow seven and eight blow and bend them, and then you can draw seven and eight blow. It sounds better on a lower heart, but for example, you could say. Awesome. Now here it is on a, uh, here's an A. Let's see here. Uh, so. You just never know where where that can uh, come in handy. And if you are playing minor songs, if you're playing um, a minor blues like Ain't No Sunshine, or if you're playing uh, whatever, then it's one less note to have to worry about. You can slide all around up top. Basically, <clears throat> excuse me, basically with the seven draw tuned down, you still can't get the complete blues scale. Up top, you would still be missing the um, the flat five for all you music theory guys. You'd be missing the flat five, but in harmonica talk, uh, the four draw bend mm -hmm. to get the same note as four draw bend up top. You'd still have to bend. You still have to play seven overdraw. So it doesn't unlock that, but it gives you one of the missing notes. So if you think about the blues scale and the minor pentatonic scale, they're the same thing minus one note, and that would be the four draw bend or the seven overdraw. So if you want to go, if you want to do something like in a minor pentatonic type of style, this seven draw being tuned down lets you do stuff like... So you could go... Uh, so you've got... You've got your minor pentatonic scale. So the way that I kind of use that is um, uh, if I'm going to – if I'm playing a blues, 12-bar blues, and I go to the four, I will do some type of minor pentatonic lick. What you hear horn players – this is not like something I created. It's, you, you hear this quite often if you listen for it. But I'll do this lick, and I'll just dance up to harmonica, and when I get up to whole six, I can keep going. So here, here's what I'm talking about. So you got 12 bars. All right, here we go. So 
you know, I exa I'm exaggerating, but you can to put it back on the forecourt. You don't even have to. Uh, the only bend note in any of that is just three draw, uh, two draw whole step, and three draw half. Once you get past that. It's just a pattern. It's all just blow and draw stuff up there. So um, anyway, that that I love, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, um, all, it's interesting. All of, that, all of that stuff is a, a part of what I do, and and uh, it's just a lot of fun. But I still like regular tuned harps. And if I were playing in third position major, which you and I have talked about that in the past, if if I were doing that, I would use just a regular tuned harp because it's a different context uh, so there i would want the seven draw to be unaltered i want mm -hmm. the harp to be just normal um for that situation uh, yeah it's um it's interesting this idea that you've brought in that a lot of people kind of shy away from that there, there is no one rule that suits every single situation. Um, I, I think a lot of uh, harmonica players kind of earlier on their journeys kind of think, oh, well, you know, I need to become this kind of player or this kind of player. You know, I'm going to be an overblow player or I'm going to use alternate tunings. And, and, and you, you know, you, it, it sounds to me like you've made the choice of like what what works best for this current musical situation. What is the most musical choice I can make? Um, yeah. I think I think that's really cool. Um, I especially love what you've the, the 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 parrot tuning, and even if it isn't your tuning, it's it's brilliant because it's answered a question that I've had since playing the harmonica, uh, which is you know what do you do in the upper octave? So I. I spent a lot of time learning to to overblow so I could hit that flat third. And then I was chatting to uh, you know more traditional harmonica players after I started teaching and and I discovered that a lot of people switch to playing major in in the upper octave when they're playing blues, which is is cool because that's that's the kind of classic harmonica trope. But but I love that that you've you've got a, a, an alternative to that that just sounds super bluesy and super sweet um, well and it it probably we'd have to ask will wild he'd be the expert i know he has his own tuning but i think having the the availability of that note makes it a good tuning for rock and roll for doing some of those fast uh i mean you're never going to make the harmonic uh, sound like somebody shredding on a guitar real wild as close as i've heard he does yeah. a great job but, he, but he's he's altered a few notes but if you listen to some of johnny mars i don't know the exact tunes but if you if you look at his stuff he's he's you utilized that tuning quite a bit I, I wish um there were a way uh to to hear more from him i'm not sure i'm sure he's still playing these days and doing gigs and stuff but it would be cool if he uh would come on and do one of these interviews or something that he, he's a player that I'd really be interested to, to hear more about but, and, and how he started to use that, uh, that tuning, but he makes good use of it. And, uh, and he's in, he's in your area. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hadn't heard of him. So I, I'm going to have to do some research after this and uh, find out more about uh, Johnny Mars. And also just, I'll, I'll mention this now and anyone that, uh, that Todd mentions or, or anything interesting that, that Todd mentions, I've, I've written down in the show notes. So there'll be uh, notes for people to, to go through if they want to find out more. Um, but uh, yeah, one thing I, I want to say, uh, because no one can see this, but but all, all of those examples where Todd was playing harmonica and there was piano playing, that, that was Todd's other hand, because, you know, <laughs> badass harmonica pianist. <laughs> Very cool. So uh, I, w I was going to ask uh, about about the key keys playing and um, how much has playing keys shaped your harmonica playing? Oh, a bunch. It's, it's been a tremendous help because now you have a visual. Even if you don't play piano, you don't have to learn to play fluently. I started out playing harmonica and copying solos 
Um, a lot of what I had access to were, were melody players. And then I would try to get my mom to play the piano. She plays, she's um, not a fluent piano player, she, but she plays. Now I would try to get her to play, or, or I had a sister that played a little bit, or maybe the lady at church, hey, can you play this song for me? And it just didn't sound the same. And the reason why is because they weren't playing the same chords. And so I started to study, you know, what makes up a chord and how are they getting this sound? And I really just started with piano just to learn uh, uh, how to make track, how to make backing tracks. I had a piano back then. This was in 1990 and um, it would, it would record so you could, you could play and then, record that and play yourself back which now that's uh quite common with many uh keyboards that, that you see at the music shop but back then that was pretty cool because you could record something and, and accompany yourself and that's how i started I had no intention of, of doing anything but just trying to play the right chords and match what i heard on these records and stuff and then it just kind of evolved from there and now uh, i'm able to and even back then, I was able to hold a chord, sound it out on my harmonica. And I didn't know why the five, I knew the five draw sounded good in the blues on the one chord. But I didn't understand exactly why. Then when I see, oh, well, the, the piano's doing that. Oh, that's a part of the chord. So... So it turns the chord from a G, which is two, three, four draw, to two, three, four, five, G7. And we're calling it G7 because if you go through the musical scale, it's actually a flat seven. The actual major seven from our Fisher Price xylophone would be an F sharp, would be a five overblow. But but the five draw just sounds good. Then I was able to, to follow that to the other chords. I said, okay, there's my five draw. What does the same thing exist on the four? Yeah. Where is it? It's not there. Then I realized, oh, three draw half step. That's why, oh, that's why the three draw half step in. So like, now I play this sometimes just in as, as an example. Steve Geiger said, hey, that's little Walter off the wall. I said, it, it is? He said, yeah. I said, well, okay, but this is, this is what I use for an example. So I'm working my five. So the exact same thing, if you change to the four chord, would be. So I, I didn't know why that sounded good. I just knew it did. But And even the three draw half step in, uh, I don't know why it works this way, but the three draw half step in even sounds good over the one chord. And I would look at the one chord and I'd say. Say well, the three draw half step in is not in the chord. How come that? How come it sounds so good, like on Jailhouse Rock? I still don't know why it sounds good. I guess that's just the way God made it. <laughs> it's just a music thing. But the three draw half step in, I was able to say, "Wow, you know that adds color." And then I was able to like pick out the blue scale, you know, oh, that's, that's what it is. And, and then I was able to do things like this, just using the blue scale and particularly the three draw half step bend, uh, which is um, the blue third or the blue note. I know some people think or, or, or try to take, say that the blue note is kind of in the cracks. And I understand, I understand where they're coming from with that. A guitar player can bend the strings and, and get in between the major third and the minor third, but uh, a piano player can't do that. A piano player can only play that. They can't. So for a piano, from a piano player's point of view, the blue third or the blue note, if you, or the or the minor third, whatever you want to call it, it's for, for a piano player, it's just going to be B flat. 
For us, we call it three draw, half step in. But that note is kind of a um, a place you can anchor and build licks around that note. And, and this is where experimenting with piano chords brought that out. Because if you look at some of the old chord progressions from some of the Motown music or some of the old 70s rock or even in songs today, you'll hear chords like this. It's a G7 to a B flat, 7 to a C, 7. And then we have E flat, F, G, and all these chords are sevens. But I want to play just the blues scale over all of these chords and... I'll show you what it sounds like. And the thing that kind of, except for the F, the F's, it's kind of a, that'd be a little bit different. But for all of those chords, the three draw half step bend makes that lick work. That's the, that's the G, so there it, it rubs a little bit. It creates a little bit of dissonance, but in a good way. But when we go to the B flat, we have to get three draw half step in. I'm still playing the G blues scale, starting on six plus. Here's, all right, now here's my C. It's in the chord. Right. Here's my. Here's my. Uh, I love this one. This is the E flat seven. It's in the chord. And then here in the F, it's it's really it's really not a part of that chord, but you can still pass over it and it works. So just being able to experiment with things like that. Uh, and that's like Motown, funky, uh, you know, maybe some rock and roll songs do that. And then I, I've done the same thing with country tunes. I'd go to the five. Okay, so none of that, what I just played there had the five chord in it. When you go to the five chord, and this is where the piano will kind of help you, you have to change gears. So I like to say, you know, you kind of have to jive with the five, you know, you kind of got to, you got to change gears. And I kind of think of my five chord um, in a couple of ways. I could go to third position and, and play my third position blue scale, my D blue scale, or I could just use the notes that I have, like... And just, you know, and just kind of do a simpler lick over the five chord. I don't have to go crazy. But but my point is having the piano there to hold it and experiment. Just like when I go to the five chord, I can go, because I was, I was able to see this on the piano, when I go to the five chord, I can say six draw and then go up to eight draw. Oh, let's see. So, and I didn't know, at first I didn't know um, when I started playing licks like that, does that work? I could go over here and look, oh, holy, yeah, the six draws are part of the, that's part of the five chord, and, and the eight draw is the root note. I didn't know that. Oh, so if you mean eight draw and four draw and one draw, they're all the same note? Yeah, let me see. You know, it's, some of it's like, duh, you know, hello, you know, <laughs> light bulb, the keyboard helps the light bulb go. And it also helped me with the third position major licks over the five chord. You don't have the five chord on the harmonica, but you have all of the notes. And then your four blow becomes a, it becomes that 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 flat seventh note that we were talking about.
So here, here comes my five chord again. So just stuff like that. I'm able to pick it out. Or, or at one time in the past, I was able to kind of plink it out. And, and even if you don't play all of these crazy chords, if you just learned to play your one, four, and five, go to your piano. And I would say learn to play in the key of G because C harmonica is, is one that's kind of a middle range and one that we're going to use a lot. But learn to play just a G and a G7. All you have to do is to turn it into a G7 is just to add an extra note to it. Uh, learn to play, and that's that's used in the blues. In the blues, they're not going to play G, C, vanilla ice cream, D, vanilla ice cream. They're not doing that. In the blues, they take these chords and they color them by adding in that extra seventh. So you've got, and then you have. So, so vanilla, vanilla ice cream, right? Then we'll make these sevens. So just that that one note. If you just learn to do your three chords like that, you can sit down with any twelve bar blues, not even with the tempo, but just play the chord. See what works. Go especially on the four. I hear a lot of harmonica players on the four. Again, uh, and we're talking about blues now. This this may not be true for a pop song or a country song, but in the blues, the four chord is just about always uh, a seventh chord. So in this case, we're playing a C harmonica, G. C chord is our four chord. But the piano's not doing one, two, three, blow, or one, two, three, four, blow. No, the piano is going, the band, the piano, the guitar, the Hammond organ player, they're playing this. They've got the three draw half in the chord. So I hear a lot of harmonica players just continue to play the three draw over that. And you can kind of get away with that, I guess. You know, that's kind of a gray area, but I think the three draw half step in just spits like hand and glove into that chord. But until I were, was able to sit down at the piano and examine that and test, ah, that just sounds better. Oh, mm -hmm. I see. Because the chord has that. And, you know, I have examples that I could play for you sometime where I've recorded things that, if I could go back and change it, I would because I didn't I didn't know. And the same thing with the seven. If the chord, if the four chord has a B flat in it, C E G B flat. And I take a regular harp and I go to seven draw. Kind of rubs a little bit. Creates a dissonant sound. So uh so in, in that case, the seven draw being tuned down helps me, or six overblow would help me, just to be a little bit more bluesy, a little bit more melodic, and mm -hmm. and and, um, and to, to fit into those chord changes. And anyway, so the piano has been tremendous. Even if you don't if you don't play, just learn a few chords. Um, there's also sites that well, there's one site called. Uh, it lets you use the, the piano for free for like five minutes, and then it refreshes. It wants you to pay for it, but you can just refresh it. But it's called guitar.com slash piano, G-O-O-T-A-R, guitar.com slash piano. And there's a little piano there. It'll, it'll tell you. If you press the keys, it'll tell you what they are. It's got a chord list. If you say, what, what does a G sound like? You can, you can click on G, and it'll show you. Boom. It'll play it for you. You can change it to a G7. You can change it to a G minor. You could say, I've always wondered what a diminished chord sounds like. What is that? It'll, it'll, show, it'll show you. So, you know, that, that, that's getting a little bit more uh, advanced. But 
it's good to know those things. You play something like George on my mind, you can't play blues over all that stuff. You have to know how to weave in and out of the chord changes. So the, mm-hmm. the piano, the piano will do that for you. Or if you don't want it to do that, take a lesson with me, and we I, I teach with this. So we put stuff in context. If we do Georgia. That's an option, but also an option may be. Or an option could be Georgia. You know, I can help you know what notes work and what notes don't. Usually Mm -hmm. your ears will do that, but sometimes you have to kind of train, sometimes listening Mm-hmm. Listen. I love chords. I love the sound of chords. That's that's the canvas behind any singer, guitar player, uh, uh, harmonica, or whatever. It, it you know, different canvases make different notes or different colors come alive. Just like painting, you know, uh, Bob Ross would paint the canvas black, but he would still use his phalo blue and titanium white and all this stuff, and he would say, "Oh, look at that! Look at." You know how the canvas looks. I've painted this canvas black, and look how this color interacts with that. Well, it's the same thing musically. So, so um, t- Ray Charles is an example. Listen to what he does with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> he can take a song like that, and because of his chords and, and styling, he can just jazz it up. So, anyway, sorry to to ramble there, Tomlin. But no, I, no, no, it's all. It's. Uh... The, the 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 knowledge of harmony i think is is one of the most overlooked areas in in harmonica students uh timeline and it, and it's really the kind of the quickest way to to know to sound like you know what you're doing is just a little bit of of harmonic knowledge you know your your one four five chords the arpeggios as you described and I, I i vividly remember it was actually a pianist that i used to live with and he and this was in the kind of early days of me practicing harmonica and i'd be practicing over these 12 bar blues tracks and and he he just said to me you know what you know what would sound really cool if you played the the that that note there and and he was kind of stopping me when i hit the three draw half step and if you play that just play it over the four chord don't play it everywhere else just hit it over the four chord and mm-hmm. i was like why he's like just just trust me and and i did i was like wow so like every time i do that i think i think of that guy and and if if someone out there does that if a student plays clean three draw plays the you know the b natural over the one chord and then they make the obvious choice to change it to the b flat over the four chord everyone listening is me like oh oh this 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 person knows what they're doing and it's just a little bit of knowledge exactly and if you've ever been in a choir or in a school choir or you know and and the music teacher teaches parts then you, you that helps develop your ear if you've ever had that experience because the choir direct direct director will uh, slap your wrist. No, this is the part they have the music. They're reading the music and they're saying da 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 da. da. Okay, tenors, this is your part. Da 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 da. Altos maybe. Da 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 da. And sopranos maybe. Whatever you know, they'll play all three parts and uh, whatever. And uh, if you're if if somebody's out of tune <laughs> harmony wise, then they'll say, "Wait, stop!" Somebody in the soprano section, sing your part for me, and they'll single you. I've seen them do that. Aha! It's you. <laughs> you know, and everybody laughs. And, and but but that that really helps. The more you listen for this stuff, just like what you're talking about, three draw half step in, man. That's uh. That's the cornerstone of the blues for me, mm-hmm. at least in my book. That's uh, when they name restaurants the Blue Note Cafe and stuff like that. They're, you know, they're doing doing so because of the three draw half step bend. So we talked about Jailhouse Rock uh, uses three draw half step bend. Another one is uh, Spoonful. So that spoon, that spoon, that spoonful. <laughs> That's the whole riff of the song, Baby, Please Don't Go. And then uh, the Beatles come together. Uh, 
whole step. But then here's what you're talking about over the four. Whatever. So, so cool. you know, stuff like that, man. That's that's uh, it's what made the blues sound bluesy. So it's a very very cool cool note and it really fits so so many places even over the five you can put the three draw half step in or a little tension i I usually Mm -hmm. pull it down to the three draw whole step but you can use it for tension or you can use it in uh you hear it in chords like that's a that's a kind of a weird five chord it's got the three draw half step bend over. You hear that in jazz and things like that. But hope this is helpful, man, to somebody listening out there. I, I, I'm sure it is. I mean, I, I'm I'm really enjoying listening to you chat about this stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I am mindful of your time, and uh, I, I'd, I'd really like to just have a quick chat about new things that you're working on. Uh, this is a very fun thing that you showed me at the beginning. Uh, of uh, before we hit the record button, uh, you've been working on something new. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, sure. Yeah, if you if you go on my Facebook page, you'll see I, I uh, have a supply of these harmonica combs, and I uh, just like colors, and I've always liked crazy colors, and I've played custom combs by everyone: Blue Moon, Chris Reynolds, uh, Randy Sandoval. Um, Patrick, all of the comb makers, if, if there's been a custom comb maker, I have, uh, Andrew Zajac, I've played all of their stuff, and I love everyone's work. I just uh, like colors, so I'm making these combs out of this marbly-looking material, and I can make any color that that anyone would like. I can mix any two colors, any three colors, four, whatever. So if you want a tie-dye harmonica comb, I can... I can produce it, and uh, right now I'm just doing golden melodies and marine bands, and I'm not trying to um, to be a big time business or 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 anything like that. I'm just doing gold melody and marine bands right now. I may do other models, but I just wanted to, to offer some crazy colors and things. So I'm just having a blast with uh, experimenting with these and putting them on my own harps. So I've got one that looks like fire. It's like a red and yellow and orange swirl. And I've got a green one, got a blue one. And then I have some conservative ones, which I know we're just doing audio, but this is like a, a caramel That's cool. brown. I've got one that looks like tortoise shell. And uh, there's really no limit on uh, on the color combinations I can do. So I just wanted to to do something like that and, and put it out there. This one's a pink and uh, pink. Well, it's really pink and blue, but it looks – there's a picture of this one on Facebook too. It looks – purple but it's really like a pink and blue cotton candy color swirled together so it helps me uh in my case just to know which key is which without having to to look at these teensy little stamped letters on there which now that i need reading glasses (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it it, the colors help but uh, yeah i'm just having fun man I, i i'm really just having a blast with these colors i I love all of the, the comb makers and their products, but I just wanted to do uh, so, something on my own just to see what kind of what kind of colors I can come up with. So yeah, these are great, and they're really uh, machined well, machined professionally uh, locally here. And uh, then I take time to make sure that they're that they're flat sanded and they're they're checked very thoroughly for flatness before they go out. Right now, I'm just kind of doing them for Skype students and I don't have a website or anything yet, but uh, I'm getting ready to get some more made and I may put up some type of page or something off of my website or, or something like that. So just watch, I'll at least have a link for it out there. But uh, yeah, I just, uh, I was always the kid that uh, wanted the big box of crayons with the pencil sharpener. You know, I, I always, always loved colors. And uh, if anybody's cool. seen my harp case, they'll know. <laughs> they'll know that's true. So. 
Yeah, I, I I think they look absolutely amazing. It's it's a little bit lost on on kind of audio only, so I really want people to go and check them out. I'm definitely going to to put an order in uh, if if you're well when you start accepting orders. Um, awesome. One thing I will say that um, not not a lot of people talk about with custom combs, but if if you've got a harmonica that that doesn't really feel uh, particularly responsive. Um, it depends on what comb it comes with initially, but but things like special twenties and golden melodies, I find that a, a custom comb quite often is is one of the biggest upgrades you can do to the playability. Um, especially kind of the, those plastic combed harmonicas, there are loads of recesses and things that aren't particularly great for uh, air tightness. Whereas when you've got a completely flat sanded piece of acrylic or, or wood or whatever, it, it makes a huge difference. Well, especially on a, a marine band uh, or a golden melody because they're sandwich style, you can actually get to them um, even after they're machined. And when I'm when I'm flat sanding them, uh, I, it, which is which is often it's either one of two things: if the harp is leaky, it's it's the comb that the stock comb that's uh, that's not completely flat. And I don't just mean like when you when you look at it horizontally but if you turn it and look down the side of the uh like a profile view mm -hmm. i know can't work just on audio but if you look down the side of it and you put your straight edge on each time you can see sometimes the combs will have a little valley in the middle or sometimes they'll have a hump slightly like a slight curve in the top so if you can get that out um then you're automatically going to create a, a tighter seal. And the same is true with replates. You have to examine those. And if you take the time to to make sure that your comb and your, your replates and your comb mate together well, then that just that alone is a huge improvement. And sometimes a stock comb is fine. Sometimes it's it's just like reed work. Sometimes you'll get one that came off of the uh, of the machine and honer. That's just fine. Uh, special 20 combs are often, they're fine. Uh, they have, the ABS plastic um, has a, a kind of some flex to it. I have one here. This is a, I know we were just doing audio, but this, mm -hmm. this rocket comb has enough flex to it that it may compensate for imperfections in it. But I think with uh, special 20 combs, they just look pretty, <laughs> you know. <laughs> The, the black special, I mean, I, I mean, when you a custom special twenty comb uh -huh. looks looks pretty. What with all the colors, um, the the plain black plastic, you know, that's there's not much you can you can do to dress that up. Uh, you can polish it, but uh, so I'm hoping to to uh, have a product for special twenty soon because I do like those. I know a lot of people play those, um, nice. but yeah, man, it's uh, I've loved combs. Ever since, I mean, probably like the early 2000s, I had some custom combs at that time. I don't know if it was Earl the Pearl or uh, there was a guy in Germany one time that that did a custom comb for me. But anyway, uh, ever since I, I started fighting all these crazy colors, I've never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've got everything color-coded. No, I, I think it, it. Well, for me, it's brilliant to see that because I, when I when I first started playing harmonica, I, I'm a very geeky person, and, and when I get into something, I go deep and and I I find out all all the kind of weird custom versions I can do, and I I got sucked into combs, and I think Hetrick were making was making combs, and Chris Reynolds, uh, yeah. Chris Mikalek, they're all these oh, people. Chris. Yeah, um, which is uh, yeah, kind of a, a blast from the past. And and then I, I was looking at all these players, and, and nobody seemed to have crazy colors. And I was like, oh, maybe I, I need to be a little bit more subdued. And then I've seen pictures of your case, and it's just it's like a rainbow, Technicolor rainbow. I was like, yes, this is cool. I have permission to have crazy colored harmonicas. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like Chris McCulloch and what what a interesting guy it was a cool dude uh sometimes misunderstood <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was a character on some of the forums and stuff but um he he made some uh some combs for me too in fact um the amazing grace that's on my cd was recorded on one of his combs i've used i've used everybody's combs uh 
I think I recorded one of my songs on a blue moon comb. Chris, uh, Chris Reynolds, I have a bunch of his stuff. I really wish he were still um, making combs. Uh, but I've got a ton of his stuff. Randy Sandoval, another good comb maker. Um, but just about everybody's comb that – just about every comb maker that's made combs, I have one of their combs and have recorded stuff using their combs. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's a lot It's a lot of cool cool guys out there in the community. But uh, I'm just hoping to add some more color. That's all. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a great idea. Well, I, I'll post uh, uh, links to your Facebook page and also to your website in the show notes. Uh, and hopefully people start pestering you to, to get a website up for, for the combs. Uh, that'd be cool. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much for, for joining me today. This has been a, a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Great, Tomlin. Well, thanks again for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure talking with you. Oh, likewise. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. You. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tomlin's Harmonica Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review on your podcast player of choice. Join me next Monday for the next episode. Happy harping! <laughs>